Hello, this is Camille Broderick, the host of Camille's Demi Hour, a show always educating on wine, healthy and delicious food, and the talented people of Nantucket. We will hear from those who create so many of these wonderful delights and experiences on island, from the chefs behind the line to the sommeliers on the floor and the gourmet artisans in between. Welcome to Camille's Demi Hour on 89.5 Nantucket's NPR station. So whether you have sung by the piano or devoured a 20-ounce steak in the dining room while washing it down with some great red wine, I hope you have some memories of the iconic club car. It is located on one main street, and if you take the fast ferry to the island, you can't miss it. You practically walk by it every time you come and leave the island. And the name obviously speaks for itself with that vintage train car as part of the restaurant, which also functions as the piano bar. Over the years, there have been rumors that the prior owners were going to sell, but year after year, they kept reopening, and gladly so, until this past year. So when iconic establishments, especially here on island, change hands or even just renovate, I believe they're under some tight scrutiny. But with this new vanguard we are about to meet, we will hear firsthand what it's like to take on such a project and what is to become of the new club car. <laughs> Notice. All right. Welcome, everyone. This is Camille Broderick with Camille's Demi Hour on 89.5 Nantucket's NPR station. And we are very lucky to have the new team from the Club Car Restaurant here today. And we have Chef Mayumi Hattori, Tanya McDonough, and Ty Costa. I do wonder who I should begin with, but I think I'm going to start with the chef because I think everyone wants to know what the food's going to be like and what your what your experience is. So can we start with your background and in your youth? Can you talk about your your parents and your first early culinary moments? Sure. I'm um, so I'm first generation born here from my mom's from Spain and my dad is from Japan and they met in Orange County really randomly. So it's a, it's quite the cultural mixture. Um, so my upbringing, my grandmother lived with, my mother's mother lived with us. So she cooked all the time for us. She grew up basically during the Civil War in Spain. So she kind of came from a very poor upbringing. But, you know, so she was used to making a lot and feeding a big family out of not much. And then also just the Japanese side, I think they try to honor both heritages quite a bit. So there was quite a mixture. Meals at home were really important. We always cooked. I always remember cooking at home with my grandmother since I was a little nugget. Um, those are some of my first memories hanging out in the kitchen. And, you know, we'd make tortilla española, for instance, which is a really traditional dish that every Spanish home has. And if anything, I think that's more of the cultural dish or the national dish. Um, but it's basically a potato and onion omelet. And it's cooked on the stovetop with tons of olive oil. We'd always have one or two every single week. And I'd be in the kitchen helping her make that. So that'd be something that we do. We'd also make like homemade french fries and lots of soups and stews, lentils, garbanzos. Um, you know, I think one of my earliest memories was her cooking at chicken feet and just having all these little weird parts bobbing around <laughs> thinking she was brewing a witch's cauldron basically and you, and, you, and you still wanted to be a chef so what about the Japanese background how does that fit in um so my dad actually cooked quite a bit at home as well he kind of took responsibility for us over the weekends and um really wanted to make sure that his culture he I guess expressed himself better through food um so you know we'd always go out and get sushi since we were young kids and also go to like ramen joints and these tiny little mom and pop places where we'd eat um, all sorts of weird things as well. And I didn't appreciate it at the time probably as much. Like that was basically the only world I knew 
unless I brought one of those weird things for my lunch at school. Like, I wasn't the kid that brought the PB&J sandwiches or bologna sandwiches. I had <laughs> tortilla sandwiches or sushi, and all the kids were like, you're eating raw fish? That's so gross. So and ahead now, of the time. Yeah, so, so ahead. ahead. So, so ahead. <laughs> really blessed. <laughs> And so, Tanya, I feel like I connected with you first through this project. Why don't I have you tell the genesis of the story and how the three of you came together to take this on? Okay, so Ty, Mayumi, and, I, and myself all met at working at Straight Wharf Restaurant. So over the course of the last 10 years, I guess, we've um, worked together and got to know each other. And then I think, you know, an opportunity came up for to, to take over our own place. And we just sort of tie got together and said, hey, do you want to start, <laughs> do you want to try opening this restaurant? And so we talked about it and, and we work well together. So we decided to. Well, how did the bid come about? How did you know that the property was, was up? So the bid came up. I work in real estate as well for Michael O'Mara, and Michael was one of the original partners with uh, Joe Panterno. Mm-hmm. And we had chatted about it a little bit about a year ago. And started talking some more, and as things progressed, uh, we got to talking with the Carps and put the lease together, and then talked with these guys and uh, formed a partnership, and here we are. So you have held GM and partner roles both here on island and in Boston, but again, like you mentioned, you are also in real estate. So how do you think that these two roles and jobs, responsibilities, complement one another? I think the main compliment in the restaurant and in real estate is you're constantly networking. And I feel like what better way to be networking than over great food and cocktails. And I'm really fortunate to be working with a great team. Um, Couldn't have two better partners at the club car. And it's the same thing in real estate to have a great team and have the support behind you at really kind of coincides well. You guys talk about yourselves being in the people business versus the restaurant business. And how do you explain that further when it comes to what that means to you when you speak of hospitality? Miami. (laughs) (laughs) So I think feeding people is a very personal business. I think that that's, first of all, it's obviously a primal need of ours, right? It's one of those things that we absolutely need. I think that when you have, you know, these occasions where you can sit down and gather at a table, it's that whole experience, that that conviviality, that that energy, that dynamic that that is kind of unique to to that, you know, environment. Um, and we want to provide that for people um, that we want to make sure that we're not just opening a restaurant, that we're providing a place that really is a place for the community and you can't take people out of that. That is what community is. It's not about the place. It's everybody else that brings in their own energies into it. And so I think that when you really remember the fact that people have stories and their own things that they bring to it, then that just shares the, you know, that only enlivens the experience. Between all three of you, you have incredible experience. Um, I think it's over like 80 years or something. Um, So how, like you said, how does that help you build a community? What have you learned from your past jobs that you don't or do want to do with the club car? Oh, I think one thing Ty mentioned it earlier is just making, when you make people feel comfortable coming into your, it's almost like inviting them into your home. We've just learned a lot of people really like to feel welcomed and feel at home. And so having worked at all these various places for from 
I don't know, the past 20 years or something, you understand how important that is and how differently other places may do that or not do that. What do you want to bring to the club car that you feel that hasn't happened in other places? I don't think that it's, I think that what we're trying to do is maybe round out the experience a little bit on the island. I think that it's wonderful that the island has become this, it's becoming this big culinary destination and people are seeking these different experiences. And I think we're just providing yet another one. We're diversifying it a little bit. We're also maintaining that that tradition of you know the piano and and the singing and all that and that alone makes us unique because it is a really cool aspect of mm-hmm. you know of the culture there but i think that you know you go to proprietors for a reason you go to nautilus for a reason you go to straightwear for a reason you go to all these other places for you know different things and so i think that we're just another one of those players in, into it and rounding it out so you're going to keep the piano yeah yes <laughs> that's the big question i'm sure everyone wants to know that of course you are why why wouldn't you back to you um chef you're quoted to say i want food that not only tastes good but makes me feel good uh can you explain where you think the trend of food is going in regards to that Sure. I think that the farm-to-table thing is understood now. There's kind of a natural evolution with that where people are starting to kind of revive, I think, older traditions that we're only just a little bit removed from. You know, we're starting, you know, there's chefs out there that are working with local farms and sourcing heirloom grains and making their own flour right before they make their own, you know, bread with Levant and not using yeast anymore. Um, You know, there's people that are getting out there and actually working, you know, with shellfish farmers and doing things like that. And so it's interesting bringing those things into the restaurant and really like personalizing them for their own food identity, I guess, that they've developed. And I also think that people are starting to pay attention to vegetables and also where things are being sourced from, like all their meats, that they're being sustainably uh, raised or that they have um, good animal husbandry and, you know, paying attention to those things instead. Does that make it more exciting or does it make it more challenging and financially difficult? Both, I think. It's fun to learn how to preserve and pickle and do all those things. Those are those great food cultures that almost kind of got forgotten. But at the same time, people have to be willing to pay a little bit more for their food because it does take more care. It, it does, when you know who is growing it, how many hours it takes to get that one tomato or that one pepper, you're less likely to waste it. You're going to try to figure out ways of using even the ugly ones, the blemished ones, as a culture here, waste a lot of food. So we have to make sure that we're willing to pay for what we, you know, this this better quality. Right. And a sign of a good chef is also zero waste, right? They as want close to, turn to it as, as possible. close to it as possible. Yeah. Tanya, so other struggles that you guys have had to experience. Just some basic hurdles, you know, did your glassware arrive all broken or... Uh, maybe putting your, together your wine list was that a challenge? How was that? I think we've we've definitely faced some challenges. Um, definitely with things that we've ordered, not realizing that it takes a long time to cross the ocean, and that then they sit at customs for a while. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot of things that you just can't actually pinpoint a date on when you receive them. So that's been a little bit of a challenge. Um, and then just time. It takes a lot of time for all of these little projects to get finished and um, to get approved. And you what know, about just, training? Getting staff and bringing people here to on island when there's been, a, as we all know, a massive housing issue. I think getting people to want to work for us has been very easy. Finding a place for them to live has been very difficult. In fact, we still we're still facing that challenge. We setting up campsites. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the little homes aren't those approved? We can set up some homes. tiny homes. Yeah. Um, so the the housing is a very big challenge. You have a lot of experience with this island and other restaurants. Uh, how do you think that you got to this place? 
Um, I think a lot of hard work. I think um, a lot of passion for this work. I've dedicated most of my life to working in a restaurant and working in this in the hospitality industry. Um, and I think that it's very important to take all at what you've learned and then try to do it on your own from start to finish. I think there was a time in my life where I said, no way am I going to do that because having opened a restaurant in Boston from start to finish was, it, it takes a lot of your life. But I realized that it's very important because we've all dedicated so much of our time to it. So yeah. it's time to be, to, to do our own thing and have our own vision. You've had partners to tie at the vault in Boston. Do you want to talk about those experiences and why you've decided to stay on Nantucket and why you love it here? My experience in Boston was outstanding. My two partners up there, Packy Norton, who owns the Chicken Box, and Barry Hannon, who owns a family restaurant in Jamaica Plain. We had a great experience in Boston. We did something much different than what we're doing now, but we really were able to focus in on hospitality, and and uh, it's now carrying through to Nantucket. Um I've always kind of envisioned owning something out here, so this is really exciting for me. And again, I'm excited to be working with Tanya and Mayumi. So if you're just tuning in, we are speaking with Chef Mayumi Natori, Tanya McDonough, and Ty Costa from the new club car team. And we were just speaking to Ty Costa about his experience on island. You've been here the longest, right? Over 20 years? I have. And um, how do you think the island has changed in the restaurant culture since you've started at Straight Wharf? That's a great question. It's changed a lot. I mean, we talked about this. Um, we talk about it often. And it seems like where it was really, it was a lot of restaurants. It was kind of seafood driven and it wasn't as diverse as it has happened now. I think a lot of, there wasn't as many options back in the day. Um, I just see a lot of new chefs and it really turning into culinary experience out in Nantucket. Uh, Mayomi, I find it exciting again about your Spanish and Japanese background. And I'm sure people have been asking you what the culinary um, menu is and what you're going to be serving. Can you reveal any of the dishes or or what or, or what you're planning to to offer? So we're trying to provide a little bit of a different approach to the menu. Um, so I want to focus on vegetables. That's one thing that I'm always seeking out. I find them to be really exciting to work with um, and infinitely more interesting, I think, than meat. But I'm not a vegetarian, uh, so it's kind of how I build my own dinners. You know, I'm very market-driven, so, you know, I like to go to the farms. I like to see what's growing and, you know, and even just getting market alerts, kind of building things off of things that are coming into season or what I really want to eat at that point and then kind of seeing what other meat I want to add to it. Um, so it'll be very vegetable centric, also taking in the whole sharing concept, making sure that people are having kind of this dinner party experience. Mm -hmm. So, you know, bringing things to the table that are meant to be passed and you know moved along. And yeah, so you've seen the trend shift in the sense that we've stepped away a little bit from the molecular gastronomy uh -huh. and the real more the fine dining, um, which I still love. It's mm -hmm. fun to have that experience, but it's not an everyday experience. So you're wanting to bring people together and do shared plates and create, like you said, that more communal type of experience. You think that's really where it's going and a little bit more fun? Yeah, I think that people want a little bit more of a 
not necessarily casual, but something that replicates how they would eat at home. You know, there are definitely, there is definitely an occasion for those special occasion restaurants where you sit down and have a little bit more formalized meal. But if you think about how you eat dinner at home, it's not just like, you know, set courses on things. It's usually, you know, a bunch of things hit the table. I don't know, I always kind of liken it to like Easter or, or Thanksgiving or something along those lines where there's a bunch mm-hmm. of things on the table and, every, you know, there's wine being poured, there's water being poured, lots there's, there's lots of movement, there's lots of energy, conversations happening everywhere, and that's what I kind of want to replicate there, that that's, you know, how you would eat normally. Right. Tanya, you want to give feedback on that too? <laughs> no, I, I agree. It's just like the organized chaos, I guess. It's, it's like a lot of a lot of talking and a lot of sharing, a lot of passing. Holiday lot, time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, tasting, a lot of tasting different things and not just being stuck with the one, the and, one plate. And uh, over the winter, did you all get to travel a bit and experience some things? Did you come back with ideas? Any stories there about what's inspired you to get this going? Um, well, I know that Mayumi and I just came back from a trip to northern Spain, so that was exciting. Um, just to try some of the the Spanish side of her heritage and how, you know, just different small plates and gorgeous seafood. and Are your resources here as good as they used to be when it comes to the fishing market here and what's available? It's getting better. It's a lot better. I mean, we have some local fish, but I think part of it has to do with like the, you know, the supply and the, de- the demand. You know, there's so many fish in the sea and we just barely use any. And that was the one mm. thing like when we went to, you know, Barcelona or in San Sebastián, you go through those fish markets and there's such diversity and people are trying everything. They mm-hmm. eat everything, you know, and here for a long time, I feel people only ate like halibut or swordfish or something on those lines. But, right. you know, it's fun to eat little anchovies and sardines and mackerel. And, you know, there's so many different mm-hmm. crabs and things like that. So it's getting to be better as people are becoming more aware of it and maybe a little bit more adventurous. And maybe that'll be the fun part, too, is that if they're not committed to eating like one whole big plate of something and they're sharing it amongst people, they'll they'll be willing to try something a little different. Yeah. Uh, Ty, do you agree with that in the sense that after you've waited on so many people and taken care of so many people and and you're also entertaining and being on the other side as as a guest in your other business, uh, do you think people are more adventurous these days? I think people are a lot more adventurous and going back to our earlier question about, you know, the restaurant scene out here was a little bit more fine dining and not as casual come as you are in sharing things. So yeah, the adventurous side of people is out on the culinary side. I know I used to be a little more rigid with my with my eating and I'm totally willing to try anything these days, especially if my is making it. <laughs> good, chef is, <laughs> good chef is behind the line. Uh, so I can't not ask, but this is a small island, and you've worked with all of your neighbors and your competitors. <clears throat> what is that atmosphere and that environment? Is it all a healthy competition in regards to support and the community? And uh, I think we all agree that um, rather than it being competition, it's more of a, um, you know, the restaurant hospitality community. We sort of all work together, and we all provide something a little bit different, um, and we all try to up- uphold the the quality and the history and you know, rather than seeing us as competitors, I think that we're just all offering a different experience. So it just opens more doors to the island for visitors and to experience a little bit of everything. I created the show because I thought there was just so much to do and so much to offer. And there's always things changing and evolving here. Now, when you mentioned the club car being, um, we all know it's a very iconic establishment and trying to preserve that. Truly, how do you do that? How do you preserve tradition? All of you can speak on this one. <laughs> I think that, that's a tough question. Well, I think um, I'll start if that's okay. I think we are definitely trying to keep the integrity of the history of the car itself and, you know, not doing a lot of structural stuff. It'll still, 
be very, um, the decorous itself, we're sort of hearkening back to vintage. And, you know, originally, I think we read somewhere that the dining cars were either red or green in color. And so where it was red before, we're now it's now going to be a nice, beautiful green with old, like, looking sconces and a lot of brass notes, still with the piano and that lively. So it's a retro, sophisticated renovation. Absolutely. And then we're, you know, touching on, we're keeping vintage cocktails, and there'll be, you know, great plates that look like they're hand-thrown or collected items that way. Um, you know, there'll be some, definitely some accents in terms of, um, I don't know, decorative pieces that also are, that are revived and um, restored. Uh, but then obviously the menu and even the space itself will be new. Mm-hmm. It'll be fresher and lighter. So is it close to a regutting? Or- no, I mean, it's, it's basically a big cosmetic change that you're going to see. Some paint, some accent, wood, some new beams that are just faux over -hmm. what was there. I think people will be pleasantly surprised with what's happening there. And the wine list, is it pretty large or in the beverage program? Um, I think it's definitely will be a work in progress as we grow. The list will grow. Uh, I think there'll be for sure some fun things like larger format wines on there to kind of go along with the whole (laughs) table sharing and... Um, who doesn't like wine out of a large format bottle? And then, you know, with the whole cocktail program, I, yeah, I think that it'll be a decent-sized um, wine and cocktail program. It sounds like the spices and the flavors and what uh, Mayumi's doing must be really fun to pair. It's a lot of fun. I mean, it's a lot of the wines we love to drink, I think, too. I mean, mm-hmm. her, her food is very clean and beautiful and bright, and the wines will be a good pair for that, I think. Um, there'll be a lot of... Um, the, you know, the the regular ones that we love from Champagne and Burgundy, California. And then there'll be a lot of um, fun little coastal wines, you know, from Portugal and Greece and Spain. You can open restaurants anywhere in the world. And you happen to be doing it on an island on Nantucket. And you've been here a while, all of you. What keeps you on Nantucket? Why do you love it? Should we say it all at once? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is this rehearsed? <laughs> the community. Yeah, we always say the community. community. It's just, it's nice yeah. to be part of this place that everyone takes care of each other you know um everybody's been a great resource and it's nice to be in a place where you know everyone's faces and names and what they do and and to be so intricately you know intricately very supportive yeah Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's like having one huge family out here over time it's a beautiful place to be yeah absolutely (laughs) so if you were to have one goal for the restaurant for this year what would it be to uh, really convey a sense of hospitality and to make everyone that walks through the front door feel welcome. Well, the location, like I've mentioned before, it's right at the top of Main Street. You pass by it, I don't know how many times when you're here. So uh, if it's the welcome for Nantucket, that's a good place to, to be. Well, thank you again, Chef Mayumi Hatari, Tanya McDonough, and Ty Costa for being here. We wish them the best of luck with the club car. And thank you again for tuning in, for listening to Nantucket's NPR station 89.5. And this is Camille Broderick with Camille's Demi Hour. We'll be here again next weekend, Saturday and Sunday at 1.30 p.m. And please don't forget to remember those who have served this country and for their families. Happy Memorial Day weekend and have a great and safe weekend. Cheers. And I would like to thank my sponsor, Nantucket Culinary. Food is love. Food is learning. Food is fun. 
Welcome to Nantucket Culinary, a home for sharing, celebrating, and conserving the island's unique heritage. Events, dinners, and classes. Come join us downtown at 22 Federal Street on the corner of Broad and Federal. Come on! 